Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 476 of the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton, and today we have a very special episode. It's a single topic and it's a special guest. It's been far too long since we've had him here. Let's get ready to bring in Mr. William Devereaux. Welcome back to the show, William. Thanks, Riley. It's great to be back, uh, back on Star Wars Report and talking with you again. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's always a pleasure. You know, there's a reason I chose this as our like intro music. So we're unleashing the force. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not only that, it's a great rendition of the um, a twist on the original Force Unleashed theme, and I I, I oh, yeah. never will forget because the first time I was getting into and discovering Star Wars podcasts and fan sites and everything else was right before is this uh, like f- a few months before the release of the Force Unleashed in two thousand eight. Um, I so remember that, that it kind of marks my sort of entry into that that larger world of, of fandom. And it also dates the same year you and I probably first interacted. If I had to yep. guess, I haven't looked at a specific, I don't have like a calendar. In that front sounds of me. about right. I want to say, yeah, it's either, it was either like end of 2008 or beginning of 2009, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, I think that we first met Yeah, crazy. back in the, back in the day now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For over a thousand generations, the podcasters were, yeah. Um, no, crazy <laughs> how, uh, how long we've known each other now right i know it is it is crazy so we are like a, a couple of things we've, we've it's been a few episodes i'm going to recage everything back if you guys listened last week we had two episode releases a uh, a regular new show with scott rifen he was a riot uh it's always a great time to have scott on and uh an interview a long form interview with the one jimmy mack from rebel force radio had them both on last week, and it was a great week of podcasting. So if you haven't heard those two episodes, please, please, please go back and check them out. Um, we continue our countdown to episode 501. The 501st episode of the Star Wars Report will be the last, the final, the final frontier. Wait, wrong franchise. Um, and so we are counting down, and, and, and I'm continuing this tradition of bringing back the greats, uh, some of the OG Star Wars podcaster buds. And William, you're one of them. So welcome back to the Star Wars Report. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Riley. That means so much. You're uh, one of my uh, one of my closest friends, and it's great to be chatting with you. Again. Yes, yes. I mean, you have a leg up on the other OG Star Wars podcaster buds I've had on so far because none of them were groomsmen of mine. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. You, you're better. <laughs> Not really. I, but no, um, no, I am excited. So this is a we're taking another different tack. We're not. We're, we might mention some of the recent news over the last week or so because I know there's been a decent amount, but. The reason I thought it would be a perfect context to bring you on the podcast and kind of actually, I think, reintroduce to a lot of our listeners who actually probably haven't been listening, like the freaking show's been going on 10 years, and our podcasting relationship predates that. So I thought we would talk about Star Wars fiction, uh, the realm of Star Wars comics and books, and, and especially like the evolution in the Disney era, I think it's something that we often don't really have time to pause and consider and kind of digest because there's so much stuff coming out constantly. So this is like, take a breath, and I want to kind of get your long, um, I guess, bona fides uh, take on the evolution of, of Star Wars fiction. And the best way I can think of to do that is I've got to ask you, take us back to how we first met and your involvement with EUCantina.net, uh, where you started out covering all things Star Wars Expanded Universe, now Legends. And I yes. thought that, that's probably a good way to start off our conversation. Yeah, although those are, those are, those are the, the, in some ways, the, the golden, era of, uh, golden age of Star Wars publishing, right? Back, yeah. in, back in the... Back in the EU days, when we, were, we were both on EU Cantina. That's how we met. I remember we were both on the forums. I was like writing some book reviews there and just started out on the We Talk Clones podcast, now Ion Cannon, uh, of course, also a member of the Star Wars Report family. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, I remember you, you started up uh, the Bothan Report. Yep. Uh, and that's kind of how we got to know each other better, uh, podcasting together, appearing on each other's shows all the time, talking about books, uh, specifically uh, the you know all sorts of Star Wars stuff, but books specifically. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great time. Now, you were in on the ground floor, because listen, there was not a lot. There was a handful of fan sites that covered Star Wars regularly. And, right. uh, and you, there was one of like two or three that actually focused on the expanded. Is like you guys and Club Jade, um, who's also since retired. What is it with star, all these Star Wars? Star Wars? I'm right? joining the chorus of Star Wars <laughs> retirees <laughs> in fandom. You know, the it's Jedi a long Journals. Time, though, honestly, like it's you know, a long time to be involved putting out episodes, it, it you is. know, weekly, monthly, whatever, what, you know, whatever it is. Let me tell it's you, a man, long time. I, I'm taking a total left turn here. So sorry. I, well, we will keep going. Uh, did you know Jedi Journal's retired? I just no, saw that. I, I was seen going. That. Oh wow! I, I was like going back to see what other like OG Star Wars podcast Jedi Journal's, which is the old Force.net, dot yeah. net. Um, long time Jovial J Shepherd was the host, and I've I've hung out with him at conventions. Super nice guy, but they just retired too. So it's like. I don't know, man. I hope I'm not starting a, a, a trend here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. You guys <laughs> the have end to keep of an era, the, right? Right. <laughs> you have to keep the flame burning here. But um, but oh, no, yeah. no. I I say all that to say is 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 was was the expanded universe was your sort of uh, entry into fandom or like hardcore Star Wars fandom? How did I guess maybe even rewind a little bit more? And and I'm curious how you actually got into the whole Star Wars thing from the beginning yeah so i i, I was a part of the part of the prequel crowd okay, uh, yep. i was a prequel kit kid i uh i watched i remember watching uh actually remember the exact date too is in june uh mm-hmm. i'll say like june 21st 22nd something like that um but i remember going to the theater and seeing the phantom menace like a month after it came out i'd never i'd seen like bits and pieces of the star wars films before you know yeah. like my dad would be having them on tv or whatever but my mom was always like, oh, he'll be too, you know, uh, too scared to watch him. <laughs> uh, and so I finally I got to go with some good friends of mine, uh, some good friends of the family. And they took me to see the the Phantom Menace. And I just absolutely loved it. I, could, I came home and I couldn't stop talking about it. And they're all, my, my parents are like, well, you know, there's more of them, right? And I was like, there's more of them? And that's where I was <laughs> like. <laughs> you missed an opportunity, man. You should have been more. More to exactly. just speak. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's like hanging out with us at a at a Star Wars celebration. It's nothing but prequel references. <laughs> What's that? What's that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I, I, that's really how I started getting into it. You know, of course, the I uh, started watching the the original trilogy. But then it was not long after. I remember when going to a bookstore and picking up. Mm-hmm. The first book in the Jedi Apprentice series okay. by Jude Watson, and oh my goodness, I still have the f- the fondest memories of that series. Those are so good, and that's really I, I would say what kind of accelerated my fandom too. It wasn't; it was you know, the, of course, the movies got me into it, but it was reading the Jedi Apprentice series, and of course, moving on Jedi Quest, and then mm, moving yes. into all of the other the wider what was era of Star Wars publishing. You rem- remember Xanatos? Oh, Xanatos yeah. was great, right? <laughs> oh, I love those stories. And we you have know, they're like the like Melda Dan and Obi Wan. You mm-hmm, know how mm-hmm. he was like uh, going through like, does he leave the Jedi Order or not? I know and, it's almost like the Clone Wars could have got that idea from some. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. If you, if you had asked, I would have amazing books. I, I I still remember like if you would have asked, I would have left the Jedi Order. I'm like I've read this in a junior novel like ten years yes, ago. Yes, exactly. Um. Uh, no, those... was, so that, that's really what kicked it off, and of course, yeah. you know, I got into the larger, you know, world of Star Wars publishing as well. Did you uh, from there? That's kind of it's surprise. We have a surprisingly parallel experience. First movie was the Phantom Menace, yeah, right, right? Yep. and then uh, entry into Star Wars fiction was Jedi Jedi Quest and Jedi Apprentice, and I later did the um the like the Young Jedi Knights, Young Adult yep. book. I yep. forget what those uh-huh. are called though. Um. I but, really enjoyed those. But the, I was really into that. Yeah. Then I kind of have this gap where I um I didn't really jump into the adult fiction for a while. So I I was I wasn't reading um I almost said Fate of the Jedi, the um the Yusong Bong books. Yeah, New Jedi yeah. Order. A, a lot of those. I, I, I read I well, although I do remember reading Timothy Zahn's trilogy pretty early on. But all of this stuff was stuff mm-hmm. that I would like get from the library. And I would same, get like my yeah. pile. Are we the same person just on opposite? <laughs> I think we, I think we might be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I probably took me, I feel like it was, wasn't until maybe 2001, 2002 that I really started getting into the rest of the EU. I was mostly just reading like the Jedi apprentice and Jedi quest books. Um, and then I started reading, you know, the wider, uh, um, expanded universe and, 
Um, of course, you know, uh, the, the Thrawn mm-hmm. uh, books, um, still some of my favorites, uh, as I think most people. Yeah. Uh, New Jedi Order, you know, and just, I, I, I want to say it was like over the course of only maybe a year, I like, I, I tore through every single Star Wars book I could find. Yeah. And I, I pretty much had caught up on publishing by, I wanted to say 2002, 2003. That's crazy. Um, so really fast. Like I, I did nothing but read. Like you the did the, for the Brian Daly Han Solo novels. Did you go that deep? Yep. Oh, I, every single one. I checked them off. I had a giant list and I checked <laughs> off every single book to make sure I'd, I hadn't missed a single one. And I caught up and I want to say it was only like a, two summers maybe um two two years mm. you know i had like a giant check you know back in the day when like the library would give out maybe they still do those like checklists and you could like you know see how many books you could read over the summer yeah and uh yeah they're all filled with star wars that's that's amazing <laughs> well and so you're so you're a guy who was not only caught up on the canon but you're following it as it was released so it makes sense that you got involved with the eu cantina yeah uh, which is how we first met was through the I was I was like searching around for any Star Wars podcast I could come along and and you guys were early enough into that world really early in that world to actually do <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, a a podcast cuz like you that would have been 2007 you guys kicked that up probably 7ish Yeah so I joined in 2000 uh early 2008 okay. yeah early 2008 I want to say um because it, fun fun fact, uh, Andrew Loopy mm, uh, yes. uh, messaged me out of the blue. Actually, not a message. He commented on a StarWars.com blog post I had because nice. I had my you know remember back in the hyperspace they had the StarWars.com blogs. And I yes. would write. I had some blog posts. That We're I at would the point about. though, like I'm gonna like force you to because we <laughs> you and I can talk in this sh- shorthand, but like because yeah. like we have you guys listening to us. What William's talking about is like the old school, there were official StarWars.com forums and it was yep. kind of the mecca of online fandom. Like there were sort of the official forums and then there were some of the other fan forums that would kind right. of get more nerdy. But the official ones which were, were where like current creators, authors, Lucasfilm representatives yeah. would all hang out. And that was like the way you communicated with the, communicated with the fan community before there was a Twitter, before there was right. anything like that. So, and if you, had a, if you were a hyperspace subscriber, hmm. um, you got your own blog. Uh, that you could have not you weren't just part of the forums you could have your own blog and so I had my own blog on here and I would like break down the different announcements and trailers and stuff and I remember Andrew Loopy randomly comments on it I was like hey do you want to write for me and I was like who's this random guy you know like who, who? and of course me I'm just like a little skeptical I'm like eh, I don't know who this guy is seems yeah. a little seems a little out of the blue I don't know Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I ended up talking with him, and I was like, "Wow, he's this is really cool. This is this whole EU Cantina site, which I like heard of, but hadn't really frequented a ton." Yeah, and so yeah, I ended up writing with for EU Cantina, and then uh, kind of got roped into a podcast. And mm-hmm. next thing I knew, it's next thing I know, it's been you know thirteen years. I know that's uh, that that is like right same time. Uh, it's it's funny how parallel our stories are, but I think that helps does give context to like you and your experience with star wars fiction because yeah, you yeah. you have you, you, you i mean hurlman you a lot, a lot of the guys i knew from you cantina have that level of breadth of knowledge that i i i knew even back then i will never have when it comes to star wars like which and i'm okay with but i i actually there's a level of expertise and i don't mean that in like a hierarchy better than worse than way i just mean that like the amount of exposure you've had to star wars fiction is exhaustive and and most impressive most impressive (laughs) i I will admit you know uh i don't know if it's just getting older or busier or or what but you know there are definitely details that uh have have faded and i'm like oh yeah i forgot about that you know yeah that's Uh, fair by no means like i no means an expert like I, i wouldn't at least you know I wish I could say I would win any trivia contest, but definitely not. There are people much, much better than my yeah. myself who remember the tiniest details. Well, but yeah, one of the uh, so and we first so we interacted on EU Cast. That was my first foray into podcasting for you guys. And I've told the story a few times on air, but um, that was uh, both me and Hurlman before we broke off to then Both Report and that went involved into this podcast here. Um, I was on EU Cast. We did some shows together. We had a chance to talk. Like back then, topics would usually be like this. Regularly, if you do a Star Wars podcast now, you're breaking down the latest episode of some content on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I remember doing EU cast episodes where we were breaking down in detail the new cover art for one of the books that was yeah. dropped. <laughs> back when there is... 
there was less to talk about, less just less volume of content, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> is it, yeah. Is there so what? How how would you characterize the evolution of just I don't know the amount of of the sheer volume of releases over time? Because I know it, it dips and oh. goes up and down, but like how would That's you? A good point. How would you characterize? Because yeah. I remember there were some years early on where like they were pretty hefty in um yeah. Like, I think Fate of the Jedi was doing like a couple releases a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think it definitely there were certainly times where there was a lot of new content as well, uh, maybe even more so than we have today. I think the difference is that we also have, you know, uh, many TV shows now happening. The movies were faster. Like the, back back in the day, the novels were it, right? It was you got a movie every three years. Mm-hmm. And after that, like there was nothing like there was really nothing from, you know, at least Revenge of the Sith until the Clone Wars started. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was only a three-year period. Um, but at the time, we didn't know that, mm-hmm. uh, and so you had a three-year gap between these big tentpole releases, and the only other thing you had in between was the books and the comics. Yeah, I think now there's many TV shows going on uh, increasingly uh, every every year, right? Um, there's uh, all the books, the comics, the games. It's just like there was a lot back then, but I think it's the other ancillary medium. Uh, the, the, you know, more movies every two year, every year actually. Um, mm-hmm. for the most, every yeah, year two. I think that's what makes it feel busier and and almost that's like it's, time's moving faster. Because back then, you know, you'd have you'd have a movie release and you'd have three years talking about a book's publishing, talking about that movie. Yeah, that was really it. And now it's like, you know, especially even between like Last Jedi and or Solo and Last Jedi, you had like six months, <laughs> and you know, you know, um. Yeah. At times, um, uh, or sorry, that was, um, yeah, yeah, it's between those two. And, uh, yeah, at times it's, you almost don't even have enough time for publishing to really get into that era before it jumps on to the next major release. Yeah. Well, and I carry us through what were, what were the big, and we won't jump in in depth, but what were the sort of flagship series, um, from the, like post prequels until the Disney buy we had, I mean, obviously I guess you, we have to do tip of the hat to, um, I keep, uh, to not legacy of the force, not fate of the Jedi, the Yu song Gong series that I always blank on new Jedi order. My God, it's, it yeah, never yeah. sticks in my brain. I do not know. <laughs> I'm always just like the Yu song Gong series. There was new Jedi order. Um, yeah. Uh, fate of the Jedi, uh-huh. Legacy of the uh, Force. Legacy of the Forest. Yeah, I guess I should go in order because then it was Legacy of the Forest after New Jedi Order. And then mm-hmm. after that, it was Fate of the Jedi. But it was just that consistently put the uh, timeline forward. These were sort of the flagship books as we went. Um, of varying quality, I remember at the time. I, I read a f- Sure. I, especially like the Fate of the Jedi, I remember when I, when I, by the time I got to that point. And I, I, I remember for me personally, as I was getting into fiction there, what I was most interested in usually were the one offs. Like I remember Death Troopers. Loved yes. that. That was so cool. Yes, 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 um, yes. Or like the um of all the things I know no, not nobody else liked it, but the Thrawn duology that kind oh, of yeah. jumped back in I, time. I enjoyed those. Or I, or like the um Plagueis, yes. right? Or you know, Kenobi, some some fantastic books that were kind of one offs yeah. in between all of these or other Or trilogies. The Bane trilogy would be an example. Yes. So, uh-huh. so I, I th- there is it was there was a wealth of lore that was that was definitely coming out during the legends time. But how would you how would you compare that to what we got? Um, and maybe not even jumping into the current publishing, but just like looking back on it, how did you feel um, with the announcement of the Disney purchase and the very quick subsequent? Hey, we're 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 going back, reset. <laughs> Snapping the proverbial infinity gauntlet. <laughs> I know um, I know a lot of people have very strong opinions about this. I guess yeah. I, I'm a bit more middle of the ground, I mean, middle of the road in that I really loved a lot of the stories that existed and it was sad when they were, you know, no longer canon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact, I think they've done in, you know, with the exception of like the post Return of the Jedi era, they've done a pretty good job of trying to bring stuff back in and reference things in various books and shows and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, and I think the biggest loss was the the post Jedi era. And yeah. 
you know, there's a lot I really loved about it because we grew up on, you know, you know, Jason and Jaina and, you know, Anna Consolo and all this stuff and Mara Jade and everything. And there's certainly aspects of that that is, it was sad to lose, um, you know, and, but, you know, I still, I, I think, I think I preferred the story they told there, but I don't hate the new stuff either. I, I there's, there's a lot of stuff I love about the new, uh, but, you know, post Jedi era as well. Uh, you know, and of course, like the Mandalorian, being a massive highlight now. Not, not of course, in publishing. Uh, we almost had that book, but it was canceled. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of good in, 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 in good and bad in both. I'll, yeah. I will say. Now, you know, the the Legends post Jedi era was not perfect either by any stretch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it it wasn't. And I, in fact, I I go back and forth because as I look back on it, I'm just kind of. I was just kind of doing a A B comparison to like a list of fiction that came out from, you know, early mid two thousands until the Disney buy, and then everything that we've got, canon wise afterwards, and we've gotten some pretty good stuff in the Disney area, mm-hmm. and then we've gotten some like not so good. But I, I almost feel the same way about both. I think that there's yeah. hits, there are definite hits and misses in both eras. Um, I, I I guess I I don't know which if you had to go for it. I know it's you might personally prefer it but did they i think the big goal that they said was hey this is going to be a unified canon and i know that's Mm -hmm. also kind of a touchy point but i think it's fair to say how how well would you grade um lucasfilm publishing with when it comes to the um consistency of the canon and story um i'd say they do as far as consistency you know B plus a, you know, they do a pr- decent job. Like there's certainly areas that conflict, but they seem to be mostly, you know, minor, uh, yeah. right. Like a throwaway line in this book conflicts with a throwaway line in that book. It's not like major plot points or anything. Yeah. So as far as like consistency, I think they do a pretty good job and I appreciate that. You know, I, I like having that consistency. I'm someone who, you know, likes to have the official story. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the publishing side may have struggled a bit because of the limitations around, uh, you know, the the what the, what kind of stories they could tell. I think, uh, you know, in the in the newer era, I, I don't know for sure, but you know, it, it certainly has felt at times like, you know, because they wanted to leave so much open for the for the films and the you know TV shows and whatever, they kind of blocked off certain story t- stories, certain uh, directions they could go, and so as far as like the scope and the impact of the books yeah, uh, and any of the topics they touch on, I, I certainly feel like the newer Canon has been a lot more uh, smaller scale, a little more reserved, right? Some interesting stories, but not as you don't get the same kind of like galaxy changing stories you did in like new Jedi order or legacy or, or whatnot. Um, you're just not having the same impact. I yeah. feel like, uh, and I, I do think that's why they cr- tried to create, um, the high Republic is it trying to get back to some of that. The, the, the difference being is like in that era and the EU, it was always pushing forward. It was always charting new, mm. new, new ground and yeah. making big changes to characters like killing off Chewbacca and, you know, Mary yeah. Luke and all these major things that they kind of want to save for the films now, which I get, but it just makes the books feel a little bit more self-contained and it's not necessarily publishing's fault. Um, I think it's just kind of the, in some ways the hand they're dealt. Yeah. I think what, which is interesting because for me as a fan, what I've always most appreciated and liked are the tie in material, like the stuff that is set right before, or right after like rise of Darth Vader or mm-hmm. um, like uh, even like, I remember some James Lucina's stuff uh, was always my favorite, like cloak of deception. Oh, yes. I know it was a pretty political book, but I, lo- I loved the tie ins to the Phantom Menace there. Um, like Darth Maul saboteur, creepy. Oh yeah, awesome. We, I think we are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like for me, I never as much cared in the, the Legends era for the like expanding the story because to me, I, I I was one of those guys that it was too removed from what mm. I thought of as a Lucasian vision of Star Wars, and so that's why I think um I'm almost more open to it now than I would have been then because George Lucas isn't making movies anymore. Other people are making movies. So I'm like, I would almost be excited to see the, uh, you know, the big, you know, galaxy changing uh, event. And they, I feel like they, they've, they've tried to do that with the high Republic. Mm -hmm. 
um, with with limited success. Now I, I, I've got to revisit High Republic because because I, I I started off with Light of the Jedi, and then uh, I was enjoying it, but I wasn't like super sucked in. Um, I I was sucked in though by the sort of main defining event that they were kind of leading up to. So they kind of captured, they sucked me in with that. I was like, they, it really did feel like this sort of galaxy changing um, possibility. And I actually like the bad guys were kind of a fascinating um, element, yeah. like a different faction in Star Wars that we hadn't really explored before. So I, I, I got about halfway through the book, and it's not that I like got bored and quit, which is what has happened many times with Star Wars books. Uh, shh, don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, was, I was legitimately enjoying it, but then I left it at uh, my in-law's house for like three months, and I just never picked it up oh. again. <laughs> so I have it back. It's actually on my, um, on my bookshelf to, to try to get back into, because I've heard some good things about... I think it's Cloak of Darkness, maybe, if I'm remembering. A couple of the recent um, High Republic releases uh, come more highly recommended recently, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think um, I like a lot. I like that they're trying to have a, a an era in Star Wars that's so uh, big and different. Um, and you know, while it's not like charting new, um, a new, like, it's not heading, you know, moving forward in the timeline, right? Which I think is part of the excitement that fans often felt. It is a really neat era, and I like a lot of the characters in the books. I yeah. think the struggle I had out of the gate um, was just that there were so many characters that it, it yes. almost felt like you didn't have time to get attached to anyone. That was my biggest um, struggle, honestly. Yeah, and as they've appeared in other books, I think it's helped. You know, I, I, um, but like I thinking back to like the you for example just comparing like approaches mm-hmm. um i think it helped in that you know back then you you had like a i don't know a thrawn book right and it had han and luke and leia but it introduced thrawn it introduced you know amara jade for example or, or other other big characters and then those characters would eventually you know build up enough of a following that they would kind of have their own books and then they would they would introduce other characters and it kind of built and out and, and but it all started with the core characters. And so, you know, I, I don't, I find when I, when I read stuff, you know, I want to care about it. And if it's a brand new character in a brand new era, sometimes it's a little harder to care right at first until you, you get the know of the characters. And so I think in the old EU, they were kind of able to, uh, you know, almost like kind of, uh, 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 get people used to these new characters and, and excited about them and start to love them by starting with the core characters and then broadening out and out and out until you get to the point where you That's could fair. have a Thrawn only book or you could have a book based on, you know, Kyle Katarn or something, right? Who normally yeah. you'd be like, who? But because you love them in the other books, um, that, that really helped, you know, you, you got to the point where you love this other character. You too. know, that's what, um, it's not books, but in the video game world, you know, I kicked off with the force Un- unleashed, but that's what I thought worked so well about the, the secret apprentice was how they, he was directly tied. You remember that first level is nothing right. but Darth, Darth Vader. Um, but it, it, that introduces the Rom Coda and the secret apprentice and like w- the story there. And that, that I was immediately suckered in, in a, in a very effective way. Exactly, exactly. And I think the part of the problem with the higher public, uh, as great as it is, is that because it is so new, they have a couple familiar characters, but they're really not in the books at all. Like Yoda. Yeah. Yoda like makes a cameo stuff. appearance, I remember, in, in Light of the Jedi, kind of. But it's like very brief, like the, you, you know, very, very, very brief. Yeah. And so here, here, you don't really... here he is in the, here's, he is in the comic. The higher, yeah. I, I picked up my copy. I, I did just finish the <laughs> High Republic, the first volume, There Is No Fear. Um, which get like collects the first what four or five issues of the High Republic series, um, nice. Which is interesting because it it has that exact same problem. You have the the Padawan, which I had to look at the back to remember her name because there are so many freaking names in the there High, are exactly the High Republic. There's a lot of characters and you don't know any of them yet, and so I feel like you just don't have that initial emotional attachment. Yeah. Once you read more, you start to really enjoy the characters more and the era and that sort of thing, and it gets more interesting. Yeah. Um, well, and I think yeah. what and they what they did very well in I'll use the Force Unleashed example is like the the story introduces Darth Vader's attempt to um get access to a young innocent helpless child and then yeah. convert them to a monster that does his bidding. And then when you uh, open up on that character and you sort of um first are introduced to him in a, in a sort of like vulnerable tragic way you sort of you already have a sort of tragic central character where you understand where they came from and what happened to them and like 
I couldn't tell you like what Avar Chris's deal is or like her life experiences or like the, the Padawan, the lead Padawan in the story uh, is, and I'm not sure if I, uh, Keeve Trinis, I think I pronounced the, her name correctly, but she's a really compelling character the way it's written and her struggle uh, with an overbearing master and then like trying to complete her Jedi trial. It's really fascinating, uh, distracted by like, I think a, a bunch of very unlikable, not unlikable, but like difficult to connect with side characters mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that kind of pulled from her story. Um, it is, it is, it is an interesting uh, attempt that just didn't click in the Star Wars world for me for some reason. And I think that is more so the case, honestly, with... Um, the comic series than it was with um, light of the Jedi when I had started it. Yeah, I think you're, you're totally right. I actually, I I haven't read as much of the comics. I'll be honest. Like I used to be a completionist and want to read every single thing for whatever reason. I find it harder to read comics. I guess I didn't grow up as much reading them and Mm -hmm. I tend to like skip over. I tend to just like read the the words and not like just sit and let the pictures wash over you. Yeah. And so I feel like I miss things. I'm like, wait, what happened? It almost requires (laughs) this because there's so little text on the page. It requires this kind of weird patience to read. Yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. I, Um, I have, uh, there have been a few misses, but from, from, from my perspective, so many hits in the world of comics. Um, every single one of the Vader series has been. Yeah, that one I read, I read that one. That one's really yeah. good. And they they yeah. just kicked off the 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 I guess the second rendition or essentially the 2020, 2021 Vader series, the recent ones. I mean, they're just they're just as good. Well, almost as good. Um, yeah. And that's one thing that I will say. Like in terms of recent fiction, I think the Mar- Marvel has objectively handled the Star Wars comics world far better than dark horse oh yeah i said it shots fired come at me bro (laughs) i know a lot of you guys are listening and you're thinking of like the old republic and like some of the uh, dark horse series i i will say like um what was it legacy of the jedi legacy it's just legacy Um, yeah yeah was really good that was um, kate skywalker that was the best objectively i think the best dark horse era star wars storytelling but um, and and I think they did it right where they tied it to a main character, but he was related to Luke Skywalker. It wasn't right. Luke Skywalker. And I think that that's part because again, what kind of what I was talking about of like you care about him because he's you know Luke's grandson. Yeah, uh, it's a hook. It's know. not. It's well, and it, that can be a crutch. It can it, be. It shouldn't it be a crutch. Be. It should you be a hook. Like where it, right. it gets you in. But and like, I think that's can- why Force Unleashed did it well because it's like you care about Vader, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, he's a secret apprentice. Oh, this is so cool because you care about the relationship between Vader and the the Emperor, and then you can go off into this other character. And I think it, like you got that hook at that point. Yeah. Again, not that not that the higher public does a bad job. I actually really enjoy a lot of the characters in it. Um, I think it's just I think it just makes it harder for people to jump in right away. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I think that's interesting is um, the the way they approached uh, the books. I know one of the big things they talked about the higher public is that it's easy to easier to jump in because they didn't want to have like the the new Jedi Order problem, I guess, where mm. yeah, you have twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, whatever it is, books, <laughs> and so if you miss the first, you know, nineteen, good luck, you know, <laughs> like you gotta yeah. read them all. Uh, and so for the higher public, they definitely have. Uh, they, they've, I know they've tried to strike a balance. And a lot of places they've done a good job of not requiring you to read anything and having books be self-contained while also telling a larger story. Although there's been some instances, I feel like, where they've also kind of had some missteps where, um, like, for example, with the Drengear, right? The, uh, um, where, like, at the end of one book, it seems like the problem's resolved. And then you get to the next big book, and all of a sudden, they're all over the galaxy, and you're like, "Wait, what happened?" And it was told in the comic, but if you miss the comic, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. Uh, but you're like, "I thought they resolved this whole thing." And so, you know, there's certainly some aspects of that if you don't read everything. Um, hmm. But at least, at least it's it's not like you're completely lost. So you know, I, I think they're doing a somewhat better job in in that regard. Gotcha. No, that's fair. I think. Um... That's a really good example, honestly, of, of, of if why Star Wars is Star Wars is challenging in, in fiction form, mm. really. I think I think that's why we have a lot of hits and misses. It's it especially when I think we're now in an era of kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, there's been yeah. a lot of that because there's there's a lot of tie in material, which is normally what I most appreciate. Um, but some of the stuff I've liked most, like uh, storytelling outside of the movies, Inferno Squadron, 
incredible. Like, yeah, how well, really compelling, interesting characters that are adjacent to the you know events yes. of the film, but really. It, it's not it, they don't even go full-on legacy it's not like one of them's a freaking skywalker or an antilles <laughs> like hey it's joe antilles exactly. <laughs> sometimes they do that in fiction like it's joe antilles it's uh you know um <laughs> you should like him because you like wedge right right <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah you don't want to do too much of that to, to be to be clear but, but yeah but some examples i'm just going to run through a few examples because again i'm not nearly as complete so i'll highlight of the things that i've read and, and enjoyed we we get to dark disciple Mm, um, yeah, of so course, good. Which is, of which course, to be fair, was like based on unfinished scripts from the Clone Wars. Yes, uh, you know. Yes, and Dark, uh, Dark Disciple, which that's the uh, Asajj Ventress Quinlan Voss novel. Yes, that continues her story that was not continued in the Clone Wars. So, of course, very tied into the Clone Wars. So, if you're a Clone Wars fan like I was, it's it's perfect. Um, and then the um, Master and Apprentice. I have never read such a. It, well, not never. It'd been a while since I'd read such a pulpy Star Wars book. It's a mm-hmm. very pulp fiction, not the Tarantino, but like pulp fiction kind of uh, book. And I loved it because it was the characters and it was Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan well-written uh, on an adventure that makes sense. And it didn't even have that like huge impacts on the galaxy or anything. But right. I, it was like the perfect summer read that I read last summer during quarantine. And those are just a few examples, like for me, of the things that jumped out most. So there you go. I guess this is sort of turned into a recommendation segment. But like from the uh, Disney era, what have been like, if you have somebody walk up to who's not super into stars, like, hey, I want to try out a few books. What do you usually recommend? Um, so I think, uh, yeah, both Dark Disciple um, and Master Apprentice were fantastic. I would highly recommend those. Lost Stars was also really good. Actually, That's I the one I always hear. I never read it. Um, you sh- oh, you definitely I've should. Got the it's audio really book. good. Yeah. It, and Claudia Gray, I think uh, most of Claudia Gray's books have just been fantastic. fantastic. Uh, mm. And Chrissy Golden as well. Both of them have done a really good job. Um, but no, Lost Stars was, was great. I found that a lot of times... Um, you know, the, the, the young adult books are almost better in some ways, especially in like the higher public. I almost argue that the, the young adult novels of the higher public are even better than the adult ones. Hmm. Um, yeah. but let's see some of my other favorites, uh, other than lost stars bloodline was, was really good again, another Claudia gray one. Um, uh, the, of course the Thrawn books, I always love Thrawn and it was fun to see him, you know, grow into the character uh, he becomes later in the in the in the other Thrawn books, and the way they try to fit everything together. Where even if the other Thrawn books aren't canon uh, officially, mm-hmm. uh, all of the it still could happen. It, it all fits together seamlessly, and Timothy Zahn just does a a really good uh, job uh, yeah. piecing that all together. Um, I still laugh like every Dragon Con from like 2015 to for at least three or four years. Everybody <laughs> would be uh, like harassing him at panels about like can right? you believe they made your books not canon how dare they and he would always have the same canned but very like polite response about like if you enjoyed the story it's true to you like, yeah Timothy exactly. Zahn, it's true <laughs> to you um yeah no and i think he always had like a cheesy uh slug line at the end of like and you know what some of the greatest stories become legends <laughs> yes yeah <clears throat> anyway um, um but those yeah, are some good. I, so the Bloodlines is more of the political thriller. I did not read that one, right? That's like yeah, it, yeah. It's more of a political thriller, and I think that's probably one of the best. Uh, so there's 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 surprisingly very few books that detail the state of the galaxy post Return of the Jedi. Still, mm-hmm. yeah, except um, for Shattered Empire. I'm going. I'm as the resident comics guy now. Uh, yes. Actually, it does a good job. Uh, Shattered Empire, which was immediately after the Force Awakens. I feel like it kind of got lost in publishing but uh yeah. if you haven't william you would i actually think like shattered Empire it, it, that one's a really good one too i i agree um that one's a, a fantastic one uh, but yeah there's really not a lot otherwise like there's yeah. bloodline there's the aftermath trilogy there's um alphabet squadron it c- kind of tells the fate of the the um the republic after that the new republic i'll be honest though like Mm-hmm. I personally did not really enjoy the Alphabet Squadron trilogy or the um, uh, uh, Aftermath or our Aftermath trilogy. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't really like either of those, which was unfortunate because I was so excited about the storytelling in the era, and I just felt like they kind of 
fell flat. Not that they're bad books. I just, I had a really hard time getting into them. You know, sometimes there's like books that you just can't put down and there's other books where you just like have to force yourself to keep reading. I felt like it was the latter and not like the, you know, not a, it wasn't a page turner. Yeah, uh, which was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I those were more mixed reviews one that I've heard. So I've heard, so uh, uh, the more political thriller that actually seems to do a good job, Bloodlines, yes. you're into Clone Wars, obviously Dark Disciple. Um I'm trying to I'm trying to think of uh any other ones that we've forgotten that we should um highlight as like some of the best of best of the best. I think um I think that does a pretty good job of that. Now, if we were to jump over to the legends, we have no order <laughs> to this at all, guys. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah. I think we mentioned it earlier, but there's a few books that I think every Star Wars fan should read from the Legends world. Now, for my mind, you got to go with the Zon, the Zon trilogy. It it's just a defining moment of Star Wars fandom. It was the resurgence of Star Wars. It period. Star Wars media period in the 90s. Um, but a few of the others that I actually think were really well done was Shadows of the Empire, mm-hmm. uh, the novel, and the uh, the Tales of books. Those are always, for me, if I were to just pick a few from the Legends era that really tied into and shaped the characters of the films. And like the Tales of books, those Tales of the Bounty Hunters and then Tales of the Cantina mm-hmm. take side characters and really kind of give an in-depth, more short story that tells the story behind their appearance in the film in one way or the other. And some of them are a little wacko. The Boba Fett one, though, is famously how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit. Um, and it's really well done. It's, it's, it's freaking badass. And I love, I love Boba Fett. Um, and Boba Fett became, like, super cool to me because of that short story not just not because of empire strikes back not because of what he does in return of the jedi it's because like famously it's pretty limited screen time but that's what made me a boba fett fan that's like why i'm most excited of any of the disney plus series the book of boba fett of everything that's been announced is is what i'm most looking forward to really okay yeah, uh, yeah. nice yeah i'm excited we'll have to have you on then for uh for our reviews oh, absolutely man yeah, I I can't wait. I think it's going to be good. I I'm I'm bearish on it. Like I'm I'm just I'm not even going to try to keep my expectations in check. It's because <laughs> I'm very excited too. I can't wait. It's because it's a mini series. This is our chance yeah. for like Star Wars to do the the classic HBO storytelling format, the mini series, like whatever it is, six episodes. I think if I those are some of my favorites because I feel like you can tell if you tell a really good self-contained story, yeah. like, it doesn't run too long or kind of overstays its welcome as much as I would love for things to go on forever. You know, I think if you have a mini series with a definitive end, yeah. uh, whether it's, you know, six episodes or, you know, three seasons or whatever it is, when you have, when you go in planning a start and an end and the arc, yeah. I feel like you have the stories always so much better. Oh, absolutely. So, so, so yeah, mini series so. by their very nature have a definitive end. And so it's so perfect. So those are mine. I hope I, I probably stole some of yours, but like, do you have any same question? Like when people are like, well, what are the, the flagship legend yeah. stories that I should, should, you know, devour? So t- I, I won't repeat any of yours, although I a hundred percent agree with, okay. with all of them. Um, some of my other favorites, the, 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 the Bane and Revan books from Drew Carpitian mm-hmm. were fantastic. Uh, if you like more of the old Republic, uh, era, I've already waxed poetic about the Jedi Apprentice books, uh, you know, and the entire series is like pure gold. I love it. Some of my favorite EU. Um, but, uh, you know, in, um, uh, uh, man, I still have the Qui-Gon Obi-Wan relationship is my favorite. Yeah. Um, but you know, I also really loved like the first Republic commando book I thought was phenomenal. I, I, I loved it. You know, I know there's some debate over the later books in the series and handling of certain characters and things, but the, the first, couple books were just awesome uh i really yeah. loved those um and of course labyrinth of evil the prequel to revenge of the sith um mm-hmm. and uh and and plagueis as well um i i feel like you look at you watch the phantom menace differently after reading plagueis yeah that's true um that uh, it's a classic um yeah, yeah i think uh, that's that's a that's a must uh, yeah, sure. well, and, and I think you know there there are plenty of other oh, man. It's so hard to pick, but uh, those might be the ones I'd pick. You know, in more of the 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 almost the prequel era, since I think your recommendations were more in the the uh, the OT era. But yeah. um, you know, there's 
there's so many good books to pick from. Yeah. No, I, I remember the, it came out forever ago, but I remember just, uh, as a teenager reading the Darth Maul, wasn't Maul lockdown. It was, um, Saboteur, right? Saboteur. Or maybe yeah. or Shadowhunter. No, it was the first one, Shadowhunter. Oh, right, because Saboteur was the ebook, I think. Yeah. And Shadowhunter um, was the, yeah. Which came out in like 2001, and I only know that because I was looking back through the list just now, but um, <laughs> it was so good. It's like, it tells, it really like dives into Maul's motivations and story. Yeah. Um, in an awesome way. So there's some good examples. I, I Before before we depart though, William, I have to get your take on, we'll, we'll fast forward to current current events, current news. Uh, which is, of course, we we and and you've captured it well. I think the the Disney era has been more tie-in material, not like the big galaxy-changing events, not really featured character books. We've had a few. We've had the uh, Ahsoka novel. We've had. Um, I'm trying to think of some examples. We've had a few character-specific books, um, but we sure haven't had a Luke Skywalker book, <laughs> which is what we're about to get. Um, they just, they literally just announced this, uh, starwars.com and go straight to the press release, a series of new novels, which I think this would have been, you know, in another parallel universe without COVID, we would all be back at New York comic con at one of the literature panels again, as they announce these things. But, um, starwars.com thrill is thrilled to reveal four new books featuring never, never before told tales from the star Wars galaxy. The first one, star Wars shadow of the Sith, a novel from Author Adam Christopher, Adam Christopher, and it takes place uh, right after Return of the Jedi, and it finds Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian on a mission to locate Exegol. Ooh! Ooh. Oh, I can't wait! Like, I, we have not had enough Luke stories post Jedi, and this is so exciting. You know, I'm very curious to see where they take this. If they're, they're now, if he's trying to locate Exegol, you know it's going to tie into Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Um, it sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. and, you know, and of course, Lando is a great character. So a Luke Lando book just is is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not going to read the whole description here, um, but I do like like this part right here. After his daughter was stolen from his arms, Lando searched the stars for any trace of his lost child, but every new rumor only led to dead ends and fading hopes until he crossed paths with Ochi of Bastoon, a Sith assassin tasked with kidnapping a young girl. Ochi's true motives remain shrouded to Luke and Lando, for on a junkyard moon, a mysterious envoy of the Sith Eternal has bequeathed, there's a word, bequeathed a sacred blade to the assassin, promising that it will give him answers to the questions that have been haunting him since the Empire fell. In exchange, he must complete a final mention which is to uh, return to Exegol with the key to the Sith's glorious rebirth, the granddaughter of Darth Sidious himself, Rey. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm honestly surprised it took him this long to release this kind of book. Uh, Instead of like a tie-in closer to Rise of Skywalker. It's probably how much that story evolved during production and even like post-production. Yeah, I think you're right. But uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's interesting. They waited, you know, a good two years um, after the film came out before. uh, Actually, no, it'd be two and a half because it'd be June 28th, 2022. So yeah. Dang. But it's, I, it's the kind of events that you would expect to see in a movie, and that could be a criticism of the films. But in this way, I see it as an opportunity for the books to take on right. meteor, uh, meteor t- subjects that really get into the motivations of Luke Skywalker. And dear, my gosh, we can't litigate <laughs> Last Jedi, but relitigate Last Jedi. But I will say, I've always... The, the building blocks of the story I've always enjoyed. I like The Last Jedi. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I talked about this in the interview with Jimmy Mac. Like there's, I think there's some, a lot of fundamental flaws with the execution, a lot of missing information that you kind of have to assume. But I actually mm-hmm. think the, the journey of Luke Skywalker being complex and even dark at times, riddled with mistakes and hopelessness at times, those are all things that I think would have, are really interesting themes to like delve into that character as he evolved execution and uh, is is something that 
it, we'll leave back to the Reddit trolls. But <laughs> I, I will say this, this is the kind of thing that will actually illuminate, I think, some of those character motivations. And I would encourage you, if you're listening to the podcast and you're you're one of those who, and I know many of you are, you've emailed, uh, that you just don't get Last Jedi, it's not Star Wars to you. I think the, the this kind of fiction, um, as the film ages and as the outrage dies down, um, I think stories like this, we should give them an opportunity to fill in, I would say, the what no one could argue are some pretty critical gaps when it comes to the character motivation of Luke Skywalker and his journey. His, Luke, the, the, Luke was not the main character of the, the sequel trilogy, for better or worse, and the ability to understand him better, especially for those of us who are big Luke Skywalker fans, I think is a good opportunity. So I'm definitely going to give this book a, a chance. I think that's very well said, Riley. Uh, I, I I fully agree with everything you said there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you, thank you. Well, that's not just the one. That's only one of uh, four. So I'll I'll yeah, jump to the exactly. next one. The, that's not even the one I'm most this excited is for about. Great podcasting, by the way. We're just agreeing with each other on every count. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, <clears throat> no. So the next one is um, Star Wars Brotherhood. Mike Chin is the author. Follows Obi Wan and Anakin amidst the chaos of the Clone Wars and Skywalker's rise to Jedi Knight. Um, which I'm pretty excited about. Yes, um, I'll hit through these last two as well. Uh, stories of the S- Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith, a new middle grade anthology featuring adventures from 10 uh, acclaimed authors, um, and the young adult novel Star Wars Padawan by Kir- Kristen White, depicting Obi-Wan in his early days as a student of Qui-Gon Jinn. Wait a second. <laughs> yes. Okay, not going to lie. This is the one I'm most excited about. Like of all the books, this is the one I'm most excited about. Bring back Jude Watson. Bring back Jude. Right. It's <laughs> exactly what it reminds me of. It's, no it's pure Jedi Apprentice, and I am so excited. I could not be happier. Yeah. Um, I, I, if I had to rank my excitement, I'd probably go Padawan, and yeah. then uh, uh, Shadow of the Sith and Brotherhood. Uh, they all sound great, though. Like I'm very excited. Yeah. Getting these books. Interesting. I, I'm. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the Brotherhood description. It's uh, it's pretty good. It looks pretty early in the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, once a Padawan to Obi Wan, Anakin now finds himself on equal but uncertain footing with the man who raised him. The lingering friction between them increases the danger for everyone around them. The two Jedi must learn a new way to work together, and they must uh, learn quickly to save Kato Nemoidia and its people from the fires of war. That business on Kato Nemoidia doesn't 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 count. You got to get the I'll two. I'll see it as a briefing. I'll see it. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't doesn't count doesn't with count. the little hand motion Those too. Are... <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, I, I think these sound great. I yeah. I'm very excited for these books. Yeah. Um, it, it, in many ways, it almost reminds me of you know before each film would come out, mm-hmm. we'd have like the journey to yeah. you know, film yeah. name publishing yeah. line all about that film. Um, and because it came out, they came out before they were kind of like hinting at that, at what might happen, but they weren't always, you know, I think they're more ancillary stories uh, in many cases, not all. Um, but this kind of feels like the type of thing they would do uh, that they're doing without a film to, to promote. Right. Um, or without wanting to go tied to a specific TV series or just like, okay, let's just, let's hit every era. Right. Or, or at least many of the big eras that we haven't been servicing. Cause we've got mm. like Thrawn right now. I've got, uh, you know, the occasional it's really mostly like the Thrawn books and um, and uh, uh, the higher public. Right. Mm, and that's yeah, for the most part, it, there are some others as well. Um, but this is like, OK, let's give you a, a Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan story, an Obi-Wan and Anakin story, a, a Luke story. Uh, like they're just hitting all the, the, the beloved characters, uh, at least for as far as like the Jedi go. And it's. It's yeah. cool. I love it. Yeah. No, I do too. I'm excited. Um, I, I'm a sucker for, for the uh, that that Obi Wan uh, Qui Gon novel. That's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be a good one. Um, but yeah, I, you know what? I think on that note, uh, William, we're gonna have to wrap the show. It's uh, a a tour de force of Star Wars fiction on the Star Wars Report this week. But I knew if there's one guy that I needed to get on to talk about it. It was uh, you and Aaron Goins, and Aaron didn't show up. So 
Nah. <laughs> to be fair, he was he's very, very busy. He's a busy man. Uh, he's a busy man. Yes, so, he is. We, we're uh, actually yeah. gonna we're gonna get Aaron on. I've, I've I've talked to him. We have a few different topics that we've um, wanted to work around, uh, work on, and have back on the show. But William, tell the good people where they can find uh, yourself and the fabulous content that you put on ye old internet. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am on Twitter at Master Devwi. Uh, that's M A S T E R D E V W I. And uh, yeah, you can be. I can be found on uh, the Ion Cannon podcast and your favorite podcast client, and of course on StarWarsReport.com. Um, we nice. we release when when new shows are on. We release uh, uh, weekly, uh, and uh, when you know there's not an active series going, we put out a couple episodes. Uh, a month uh, pending schedules and, and that sort of thing. It's been a little quieter the last few months just because uh, folks have been getting married and other things. But after that, <laughs> uh, you know, things should be returning to uh, to returning to normal. Of course, we primarily review the the television series, but we we'll also review the books uh, uh, when we can uh, get to them. Man, there's so much television yeah. content coming. Yeah, and of course, uh, lots else too. No, Ion Cannon, it's uh, prolific. Like you guys have been around doing like. It, what was we talk clones and now ion cannon for longer than star wars report so um i i, I can't wait to hear what, what's y'all what's y'all's next uh, episode's gonna be on are you gonna are you done breaking down visions are you looking ahead to uh yeah we just we just broke down visions and uh you know next up i think we'll probably touch on some of the books so the recent book releases yeah. uh before um the book of boba fett starts and of course mm-hmm. We'll dump, jump into the book of both that with Ernest. Um, excited to review all of those episodes, and of course, we would love to have you on. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm. Listen, I'm barging in. I'm uh, definitely. I'm excited. Let's do it. Well, like back in the old days, I would always I would be on EU Cast or like the EU Talk, and then I would want to be talking about Clone Wars. So I would always try to weasel my way onto We Talk Clones as much as I <laughs> exactly. Possibly. It was fun. <laughs> we loved it. <laughs> I do. I remember the uh, one of the first episodes was the uh, the bounty hunter uh, yes. episode where um, we kind of finally got to know. Hondo and Aka. Who knew <laughs> that guy would One become? Of the best characters. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but William, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming on the show this week, and we'll get you back on here before uh, before we wrap up permanently in the Star Wars report. But yep, this has been episode uh, four hundred seventy six. Countdown to five hundred and one. Make sure that you stay tuned to the podcast right here. If you're not subscribed, please do so. Rate and review on whatever podcatcher that you prefer. You can find the show notes for this episode as well as uh, every single other episode of the, not just the Star Wars Report, but Ion Cannon and the entire family of Star Wars Report podcasts available at StarWarsReport.com. You can uh, shoot us an email, StarWarsReport at gmail.com uh, and interact with the show. And uh, I'd be curious, uh, shoot us if you guys... Um, if you guys are interested, I'd be I'd love to hear what like your top recommendations are from the Legends and Canon universe. I think that'd be a fun follow-up topic. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Report. I'm just going to say may the force be with you and remember many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. That's a show, man. And scene. Can we talk about how cool that, um... Let's see if I can find it there. The, the, uh... It starts out like this. I should have started with this part, this riff. So it's this, um, this guy, this, this Japanese composer... Sa- I hadn't heard this Samuel permission. Kim. Yeah, Japanese composer Samuel uh, Kim. He's got a YouTube channel, Spotify, but he does these incredible... Um, synthesized, albeit, but remixes and, and arrangements of Star Wars music. And he did this one. It goes... Wait for it. Can you please send me this? This is amazing. I'm doing it right now. Oh, I love this.
I was so good. I was blown away um, by that arrangement. Oh, I miss man, Force I Unleashed. Hadn't heard that. That's amazing. I, I got. I, I miss gotta. Force Unleashed, man. Can they please do like a? I guess it's probably too old. I know they they're like upscaling Jedi Fallen Order. It'd be so cool. They, they they might they might be able to do a remaster. I mean, they're doing it for Kotar. I was so. gonna say, yeah, if you can do it for Kotor, please, can you do it for Force Unleashed? One of the Ugh. greatest greatest Star Wars games ever made. I agree. I agree. Highly underrated. Ugh. Um, so good. <laughs> All right. Let me. Uh, let-